This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. If you have your Bibles with me, turn to Revelation chapter 2, verse 8. We're going to go straight to the third church. You know, if you're at Mosaic Church, we allow the, the scripture to determine the topic. Now, someone asked me, why did we, why am I preaching on this particular uh, passage? Because if you remember in the first church, it related to the Lord's Prayer, which is our last sermon series. And Jesus is talking to his churches in Revelation chapter 2. And so the first church of Ephesus, it talks about repentance and losing your first love. And last week, we talked about perseverance and the spirit of imitation, imitating Christ. And so when we talked about to the church of Smyrna, it talked about it was a, a church that was poor but was rich in Jesus. One of the challenges I thought, and I didn't mention it last week, is how can you have a church that's poor in a rich community like Smyrna? How can you have a church that's poor when there is money and wealth all around for everyone to participate? And it's because of their stance for Jesus and how they were being mislabeled. And last week we warned, we felt like the Lord was giving us a heads up that our nation is, seems to me, and heading that direction. You know, right now, if you're a believer and you work at a place that's filled with unbelievers, you get ridiculed, you get teased, you get ostracized, but you don't lose your job. Today, that's the worst of it. We have laws to protect us, that you just can't uh, be fired for someone's religious belief. But I don't believe that'll always be the case. And so that's why the warning last week, and if you weren't here, I recommend that you listen to it, not for my sake, not so that somehow we could see how many you know, views or how many people listen to it, but for our sake as a church, how we need to imitate for our children. And you say, Pastor Mario, I don't have any children. Well, let the children see what, it, what a, a person like you, what it looks like to follow Jesus. Be that leader. Because it's our kids are the ones that are most likely going to go through. And when I say our kids, I mean the kids that are downstairs. It's our kids, the ones that are downstairs, they're going to have to learn how to thrive, persevere through a different world that we're living in today. And so you and I, we need to imitate Christ because those around us will follow us. As we follow Christ, our kids, our grandkids will follow us. And I don't think there's a parent in this room. Your number one desire is that your kids to know Christ and the fullness of that. 
Revelation chapter 2, to the angel of the church of Thyatira, uh, Thyatira, the words of the Son of God who has eyes like flame of fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your works, your love and faith and service and patience and endurance, that your latter works exceed the first, but this I have against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel and call herself a prophetess, and it is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her into a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her I will throw into great tribulation, unless they repent, and I will strike her children dead, and all the churches will know that I am he who searches mind and heart. And I will give to each of you according to your works, but to the rest of you in Thyatira, do not hold to this teaching, who do not hold to this teaching, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, to you I say, I do not lay on you any other burden. Hold fast to what you have until I come. The one who conquers and the one who keeps my works until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron as when earthen pots are broken in pieces, even as I myself have received authority from my Father, and I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. What a strange scripture to read on a Sunday morning in America, in Tallahassee. But it's the scripture the Lord calls us to read, and it's for our church. Again, the scripture determines the topic. I'm not here to tickle ears. I'm not here to be a, a uh, pop psychologist, how to be a better you, how to be happy. Because if that's the case, then we're really just humanist, because my number one concern is you. Not what God thinks, but what you think. So we let the church, the scripture, determine the topic for our church. The letters that we're reading are like a red light, a red warning light. Or maybe worse yet, a check engine light. When you get one of those things, it's a warning to you that something is not right. And the scriptures that we're reading in the first church, in the second church, in the third church, are like a check engine light to the churches here that in Turkey. All of them, we're going to see, we're doing well, but somehow some of them have lost their way in their mission to follow Jesus. It's a check engine light to the churches. For us as Mosaic Church in 2019, as we read this, the red engine light has come on, or the engine light has come on. A few years ago, not to pick on anybody, um, someone told me that they saw the check engine light come on while they were out of town, and I told them to go to the mechanic to get it fixed. When you, when you see the red engine light or the engine light on, it's a warning for us as a church to deal with it. And what happens when you don't deal with it? 
Does it get better? Sometimes you just find out it's the O2 sensor. It's nothing serious. But sometimes you find out that your engine is overheating and it's serious. And these letters in Revelation that we're reading is a check engine light warning to the church. Now, when we see this letter here, we see that the church in Thyatira, Jesus not only praises the good works, but he also warns the church. It's not only the good things that they do, he also warns them of what they're not doing correctly. He talks about sin in in the church, and something needs to be done about it. In this particular church in in, uh, Thyatira, that's divided into three parts, and I'll try to go quickly. The first part is, I know your works. What does that say about God? What does it say about Jesus, that he knows what's going on in the church? He's not oblivious to what is going on in the local church. I know your works. I know your love and your faith and service and patience and endurance and that your latter works exceed the first. And so I believe the very first part of this scripture that we just read is that Jesus is on the inside. He knows what's going on. He has knowledge of his people, his body, his church. This church is, is in context, is what we would call in modern-day Turkey, the town of Akisar. This church was well-known, but not as known as the other six churches. This community was known for its idol-making. It would make bronze idols of the Apollo God. And on the inscriptions of their coins, it would say, Son of God. So Jesus is talking to this church, and he says, I know what's going on. I know your works, your love, and your faith, and service, and patience, and endurance, and that your latter works exceed the first. And he says, I know what's going on. And then the first thing he mentions is that the town has, is in the idol-making business. So the question I presented to my elders last week in our meeting, and I would like for you to answer. I don't know how I can get you to answer. I don't want you to answer out loud, but maybe on a piece of paper. What do you think the idols of Tallahassee are? What do you think the the actual idols of our community are? I started thinking out loud, and maybe you'll agree with me. I love taking out-of-town friends, and I would drive them by this uh, FSU, and I'd always joke around. I said, this is where Florida State comes to worship. And they're like, they're looking for a church, and um, I just point them to the stadium. So I think, honestly, I think that's an easy, easy pick for all of us to say, well, what does Tallahassee, what are the idols of Tallahassee? I wrote down football. If if Jesus was to to walk around through our churches in Tallahassee and he says, listen, I know your good works. I know you've been patient. I know you've been doing this. But there's also this idol worship that's going on. What would he say about our community? So if you want to text me, I think I have it on silent. 
I would love to hear what you think, and I'm being serious. What do you think the, t- the, uh, the idols of our town are? I wrote entertainment, which is part of FSU football. I wrote uh, leisure and comfort, convenience, safety, safety, or maybe to me is a lack of courage. So I decided to look up and do some research, some of the for churches, some of the people, some of the people on, online uh, focus on the family. For example, feels like they wrote a whole article, and I can send you the link. Children, children. That was kind of weird to see. Children. I told you, and I repented to our church uh, years ago when I said that I would miss church so that my kids could go play soccer especially earlier on. I regret that. I regret that. That I would elevate my kids' fifth grade soccer skills. If you say it out loud, it's embarrassing. Over church. You know, we can't let, we can't let our kids miss a tournament now, typically, my family, we're the oldest family with kids here, basically. And most of our church people, are, their kids are downstairs. That means they're under sixth grade. So you'll see what I'm talking about eventually. And if, if they're decent in sport, you're going to be challenged with those same challenges. So the obvious, easiest pick is Florida State football. Definitely the idol of money, making money, leisure, comfort. The thing that I noticed, the second thing about this scripture is that Jesus points out to the Christians in this city, Thyatira, that he knows them and he knows their work very well. So the question I have for us is what would he say about us if Jesus was to write a letter to us says, I know you, Mosaic. I know you do these things very well. What would they be? What would he say about our church? What would he say about me? What would he say about you? If you were to write a letter us, I know, and, and, and this person, he begins to write our names down. Oh, they do this, this, and this. He knows them, and he knows their works. He knows what they're doing. It's Jesus has an inside knowledge of what's going on here. What does that mean for Jesus to know our works? That's not unusual, because we can go back to Genesis chapter 4, where God knew what was going on with Cain and Abel. And God asked Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face so down? And it's because he knows our works. 
It is interesting that Jesus doesn't say, I know your worship. I think in the Christian world, I think uh, we've elevated the expression of singing and body expression, at least in my circles, uh, can be the pinnacle. But I notice, you notice here, he, he, worship and works in the context of Scripture is one act. It's not two acts, it's one thing. They're not two separate things or two separate ways of life. For example, today I worship and tomorrow I work. The whole thing is united. It's continuous. Our acts of worship throughout the week and how we work is one thing. And when we do well in our services to the Lord throughout the week, what happens when we're aware of his goodness and his presence? If you live your day throughout the day aware of his presence and you're communing with him, Guess what happens? Sin is at bay. Eric and I did not coordinate what he was going to say in my message. But when we're maybe the idol of being too, you know, being active in other things and, and not the things of the Lord, not spending time with Jesus. And when we're not spending time with Jesus, he talks about sin. It's like lurking right around the corner from us. You know, I had some students when I was in college ministry talk about their challenge when they, they would have challenge with the internet. And so I would ask them, you know, like, is there a pattern in your life where you're struggling with what you're watching on the internet? And almost every time, it was, it was in the evening when they were alone. And when we're not living for God, we're not living for Jesus, it's like the enemy's just lurking. Like this lion lurks in, in the bushes waiting to consume its prey. And he knows, the enemy knows instinctively when to approach. When we, are, when we lack awareness of who we are in our presence with God and who he is, I pray that they would say about Mosaic in your life that it's a work of love, faith, and service, and patience, and endurance throughout our week. The second thing that I notice in the scripture is that the, there are people who are being seduced. But this I have against you, it says, in verse 20, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing servants to patience, practice sexual immorality, and to eat food sacrificed to idols. Jezebel is a famous character that you find in 1 Kings, and her, her sole purpose was to destroy the one true gods, the people to, to worship the one true God. Jezebel's number one purpose was to uh, destroy the worship of the one true God. So the question I have for myself, what is destroying my one, 
my desire to worship the one true God? What is it that's destroying it? So Jesus talks about Jezebel in this church. This person is behaving like Jezebel, and their sole purpose is to get you away from worshiping God. In our culture, in America, it's so easy that so many things, and and these things can be, they're not sinful in themselves, but the time they consume becomes that they're robbing time and energy from us worshiping God. I appreciate all of you here this morning, and I know sometimes we live busy lives. Now, sometimes I get teased at my house because I go to bed early. Certain times, they would say all the time. But I am planning ahead that I know that I need a certain amount of rest so that I can do what needs to be done the next day. I plan ahead. Plan ahead. When it comes to my energy, I know what I'm capable of. I know what I'm not capable of. And I, although I'm not trying to be self-promoting like, you know, church is Sunday, like you need to come to my church, that's not my motive. Sunday is a time where it's the most intense focus of glorifying God that we, we do all week. And so I plan my weeks, my days, knowing that I need to make sure, and even though I wasn't, I'm the pastor here, if I was not the pastor here, I need to make sure that I get the things that need to be done in order for us to be here together. And if not for me and my focus on Jesus, then I'm here because I want to be an example to my children, to those who are around me. And if it's not even you, then it's the little kids downstairs. So what Jesus is calling us is to make sure there's not a Jezebel spirit in our midst. And a Jezebel spirit is not a, a lady that's dressed, you know, a scantily clad lady that's going to try to seduce us. It's not that. It's whatever it takes to remove our attention from focusing on worshiping God. Anything else is Jezebel. And Jesus knows this. He, he knows the intimates. He knows the, the inside outs of every church. And it would behoove us to know what is it that's destroying our worship. It says here that first you have tolerated the spirit of Jezebel. I love Job 1.1 when it talks about a man named Job who was blameless and he shunned. And if you have the King James Version, it says that he spit out evil. He didn't play with it. I like the skewed part when it says in King James. If you were to taste something that you knew that wasn't right, whether it be spoiled milk or or something of, of that nature, you don't play with it. You immediately spit it out. You expel it from your body. And it says this. First, you have tolerated the spirit of Jezebel. Someone who plays with it in their mouth, and instead of skewing it like Job, they, they began to partake. So somehow in this young church, on um, this Christian community in Thyatira, they, they allowed a person like this, or allowed, a, and I would say a thing like this, to dwell in, in their church. And ultimately, Jezebel is replacing God with an idol. 
or taking on the idol's way of life. If someone did tell me, uh, I asked them what they thought idol was. They said the Disney Channel or the Disney uh, online thing. Because I don't have it, I would have to agree. Don't ever anybody say uh, ESPN Plus, all right? Because that's not an idol. The ultimate sin of Jezebel is replacing God with an idol. The second thing I notice here is, I am he who searches mind and heart, and I will give to each of you according to your works. There's a sense of urgency when we read this letter. Sin is the greatest distraction that redirects the church from being kingdom builders. Are we kingdom builders? Or are we king, our own kingdom builders? I'm too busy to help. I'm too busy to, to reach out. Um, I'm too busy to, to love someone that's outside of my normal social, social circle. So Jesus walks among the church and he searches the hearts and minds and the question he asked, which we saw in the second church, and saw that in the first church, is Jesus the center of our lives? Is he on the throne of our hearts? Is he the only God we worship? The last part I like is that hold fast. Hold fast. But to the rest of you in Thyatira, who do not hold this teaching, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan to you, I say, hold fast. Some of us are, and some of you are trying to live for Jesus fully. It's hard. You're trying to do the right thing, and it's hard. You're trying to love what's unlovable. And it's hard. You're trying to hold, hold on to doing the right thing. And it's hard. And that's a beautiful thing that I see in the scriptures, that Jesus sees that. And he's encouraging us to hold fast. Don't buy into the lie. Don't buy into the lie that something is better that is not God. If I could only get this, if I only get that, it will be better. When it's not God, it's not. And hold fast. Hold fast. One of the things that as we read on is like, one of the things that I love about this scripture is that Jesus is sharing his very identity with the church of people who hold fast. He calls them that you will be like the morning star. And we say this from time to time, but I say it all the time in my life, that Jesus truly is our reward. He's the reward. And he will share his very identity with those who hold fast. The challenge for us now as I try to wrap up is we don't want to be the Jezebel in the church. Amen. You don't ever want to be called a Jezebel. One time, I sadly, and I only smile because I'm embarrassed, but I sat in the back corner one time of a church, 
And um, there was a gentleman that was being convicted by the Holy Spirit, and I knew he was. And he was my friend that I would do things that were not honoring to God. His name was Craig. And I would ask, and I could tell Craig was paying attention to the sermon. He was, he was tuned in. And I was tuned in knowing that he was tuned in. And I began to mess with him at church. I tried to get his attention. I tried to sway his attention from God. Because I needed a sinful partner. We needed to go and do stupid things together. And I remember that I, he finally lost concentration and he started talking to me and started goofing off and then we skipped out of church. A month later, I gave my life to Jesus. Three years later, he did. And I've always remembered that. that was, it was like a sense of being a, a very simple story of being a Jezebel, removing his focus from worshiping God. As parents... Let's not be that person where we remove focus and we say that making, you know, making money is, is the most important thing. Doing X, Y, Z is the most important thing. And we may not even know it, but we're, 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 we're skewing people's visions, little kids' visions, our, our spouse's vision, our co-worker's vision away from God into something else. There's a second group. There's the first groups who are the Jezebels, and you don't want to be that person. But you also don't want to be that person that uh, you've tolerated. You see it, but you don't do anything about it. You see it happening, but you don't do anything about it. That's easy to play, be a part of, it. amen? You see wrong, but I don't want to deal with it. You know, as a parent, as you get older, you realize, I don't want to fight that battle with kids. But if you don't fight that battle, it'll, it doesn't get better. It gets worse. So I want to encourage you parents to do what God wants you to do to help your kids to focus on Jesus. You know, the last thing I remember asking a bunch of campus pastors, when was the last time somebody corrected you? When was the last time somebody challenged you and the answer to many of them was hardly. And so what we need to be careful is that we don't cultivate a culture where we tolerate certain things that are not worthy of God's praise. So I'm not saying that we should go around and rebuking each other. But we definitely should be in prayer and we should not tolerate, especially in our own lives, those things that uh, lose focus on God and who he is. The third group is those who held fast. Are we part of that group? The whole fast. Whole fast. If Jesus was to address his letter to us, if Jesus' spirit is among us, is if he's here during our worship time and with us at work, where would we fall? Would we fall in the camp of the Jezebels, those who tolerate, or those who hold fast? And turn away from idols. Jesus says to you and to me today in Revelation chapter 2, 26, as we close here. The one who conquers and the one who keeps my works until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations. And he will rule them with a rod of iron. 
and with earthen pots are broken in pieces, even as I myself have received authority from my heaven, from my Father, and I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Let us close our eyes and bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would be with us at our, this morning. And Lord, as we're going through your scripture and we're allowing you, through your scripture, to determine the topic for our sermons. And Lord, we know that you know all things and you know what we need to hear. And Lord, for today, where do we stand? If you were to audit us, if you were to come and visit us, where would we stand? Lord, I know it's easy to see where other people stand. But Lord, where would I stand? (laughs) So Lord, I pray, God, that you would help us. Allow your Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts. And not be fearful of repenting. Like you gave the opportunity to Jezebel. In this church, you love your church so much, you give people opportunity to repent. Lord, I pray, God, that you would help us. We need you. I pray that any of those things that are idols in our lives, would never keep us from worshiping you. So easy to take on the idols of our culture, to adopt them, to make them ours. You've called us to to be your people, to live your way, Father. Forgive me, Father, for the times as a parent, I just, I didn't do it right. took on the the cultures. Lord, uh, if I really peel back, Lord, I was just massaging my my insecurities or my desire to, to live my life out through my children. And Lord, truly, you are truly our all in all. So Lord, help us not to ever be that Jezebel in our church, help us to never be that person that tolerates sin in our own lives and those around us that we love. Lord, help us to be those people that hold fast to the truth. Thank you, Father. We love you. Help us to be that church. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.